everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Rumors vs. Facts. My name is Rodney Nabolsi. I'm joined by Jed May and Trent Smallwood. Um, we might get a, a Lance to join us here to bet. I know he's had some uh, family issues and you know, our thoughts with him and his family. Um, he's still out there busting his tail, even though there's a, it's a rough situation for him. But we, we appreciate all that he does, and we appreciate all of you for jumping in and uh, watching us tonight. We appreciate everybody uh, in the comments section and everybody who's uh, – joined us. It means a lot to us. Uh, guys, I want to jump right into the remaining targets in the 2024 class before we talk anything else, 2025, because there's been some uh, there's been some advancements in the past few weeks. We're like, oh, we don't know what this guy's going to do, and we don't have a time frame on this guy. So, Jed, some big news this week. Uh, lead, lead us off. Yeah, well, first of all, this is the the targets with names section, because, you know, <laughs> as you said, this is, you know, they, they could get Another receiver that's kind of still in flux. Could get another DB that's still in flux. But uh, as, as far as guys, we know, Aiden Breland, defensive lineman, announced a commitment date of October 14th, which I believe is next Friday, Saturday, Friday or Saturday. Right. Um, you know, it's down to Georgia, Oregon, and Miami. We have kind of felt that um, Georgia and Oregon have been kind of the top two for a while. We both, me and Trent, have have reported that we really like where Georgia's at, and it would be huge because. You know, you, you need to restock that defensive line room. And, you know, there's all the, all the conversations have been about the run defense and the front seven and whatever. A lot of those guys that are there are 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 going to be gone next year. So right. um, Aiden Breland would certainly be a huge piece to add. LJ McCray um, was at that Auburn game. He's another top target there. It's Georgia, Florida, Florida State, Miami, and uh, and Auburn obviously involved there. And um and there's somebody I'm oh and Mackay Boro from Creekside. He recently decommitted from Florida, visited for the South Carolina game. I spoke with him yesterday. He's the the big body in the middle, right? He's the right. You know, he's how, six big, how big is he? Because he looked gigantic he's in the picture. And 360 pounds. And when I saw him, you know, he he doesn't look, you know, relatively for his size, he doesn't look out of shape, like he carries it pretty well. Um, he told me Georgia never stopped recruiting him while he was committed to Florida for about three months or so. Um, you know, Trey Scott sells him on the development and he said, you know, Hey, Trey Scott has proven he can take guys with pretty much my exact same body frame and get them first round of the NFL. So that's, um, you know, a big selling point with him. He said, he's kind of looking to decide maybe close to or on signing day in December, but something interesting he told me, he is going to attend the Georgia-Florida game in Jacksonville. So the school he was committed to versus the team that, you know, kind of seems like the team to beat in his recruitment right now. So that's going to be interesting to watch uh, here in, I guess, uh, three weeks from Saturday. I like this question from uh, Roger Murray. Can he move? I mean, that's a big boy. And he talks about they, 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 they took guys with my body style and got them into the NFL. But do you know how hard those guys had to work to get there? Mm -hmm. That's not – it's not, you know, just plug and play. That's that's a hell of a lot of work to get there. And can yeah. he do it? Can he move? Yeah, honestly, I mean, he he didn't seem like he moved super great the other night. Um, you know, I know he went down I'm trying to think of what he went down with like a, a leg or knee injury at some point, you know, came back in the game. So that could have affected things. I don't know. Um, when I asked him what Trey Scott likes about his game is like, well, I can plug gaps in the middle, which he certainly can do that. If you have six, pounds and, My fat ass can plug a gap. Uh, that doesn't mean I can so do anything. That's, and listen, there's only, whether he's, 
a, a dancing bear or not, there's only so many guys with that size that can move at all, right? So um, definitely a guy Georgia wants, Trey Scott, and his wife were at his game Friday. I don't think I've ever seen a coach bring his wife uh, to a guy's game. So that was interesting. Um, so, yeah, he's a guy Georgia wants, and uh, they're after him hard and have been for some time. Uh, I like the uh, bring the wife, you know, it's like especially if the parents are in the stands. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's that's a that's a class move there. Hey, um, let your mom uh, talk to my wife while you and me go over here. And that whole family's recruiter, just like uh, Coach Rick, his whole family's recruiters as well. I like it. Sure, uh, Trent, give me your thoughts on the big Baru. Yeah, I mean, I, I like him. He's another um, that you know Georgia kind of lacking for that big body in the middle. Um, that you know that. From, from what Georgia traveled this weekend, all those guys are going to be gone next year uh, for guys that are playing in the middle. So so you're really left with uh, Jamal Jarrett and uh, those guys for next year. So you, you got to get some depth there. And, you know, I, I think that's that's the important thing. You already have uh, Igbako, or I guess that's how you pronounce it, um, committed. But you got to – I mean, you need depth at that, uh, right at that defense tackle position, nose guard position, and um, – you know, he'd definitely provide that. I think Georgia's definitely the team to beat there. Um, but, again, uh, like Jed said, it, this is, looks like it could be going, uh, you know, towards December for, for our announcements made. So or do we need to pencil him in maybe in the, your predicted class or we're not there yet? Or are we still waiting on that uh, Georgia oh, I, game? I think that uh, as of today, I would pencil him in the class. I, I, I feel good about that. We're not, not going to use my Sharpie over here yet. <laughs> not that I have the Sharpie. We'll go uh, pencil first. I got you. Slacker. Uh, hey, Lance, glad you made it. Appreciate yeah. you joining us. Of course. Uh, uh, give me your thoughts on the fact that uh, one of Georgia's uh, top targets, remaining targets, has now got a, uh, an, a announcement date. Where do you think that is with Mr. Breland? I think that, uh, you know, I think that he's kind of trending in Georgia's way as he has been for, you know, it seems like a few weeks. Doesn't he have a visit set up before then though? Am I, am I wrong, Jen? Or I don't it- think so. Um, he visited for the South Carolina game. I don't okay. believe he's been at Oregon this season. Trent, you might know, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Colorado game would have been the one to kind of look at, I guess. Um, I don't, I don't believe he was there. I could be wrong on that. So, like and, and like we talked about at the time, the fact that he's making a cross country trip from California to Athens, what a you know a month or so before he commits, was yeah. huge at the time and and is yeah. huge now. A bunch of commits spoke with him. The coaches, of course, gave him the red carpet treatment. Uh, so that was huge. And um, like you said, Lance, I think Aiden is trending in Georgia's direction. But again, there's you know, and, and I'm not saying this is going to be a a recruitment that is going to go like KJ Bolden's, but as we saw mm-hmm. in that recruitment, things can change a lot in the last week, 10 days. And that's about how long we've got with uh, Aiden Breland. So we'll see. But as of right now, I would, uh, I'd pick Georgia to land the big man from California. Mm-hmm. I would too. He, uh, yeah, I watched some of his tape just over the weekend. He's, he's very, very impressive. He, uh, he has, he's a huge wingspan too. I mean, obviously he's a defensive lineman, but he's just kind of a freak and he's fast off of the last scrimmage I've noticed. And, I just kind of like his style of play. I think he's a guy that you could uh, really play at uh, three tech. Could could shift him out and, and play him at the uh, the five, and uh, even on you know nickel, you shift him, play him in the in the interior. So I think he's a a guy that could do a lot of different things for that defense. 
I like it. So that could be two possible uh, additions to the defensive line. I want to go to uh, one of our questions here. Uh, and let me be sure I get the name right. This is uh, R Hall 55. And the question is, uh, how many junior college players do you think UGA takes? Because they've been adding some, uh, sending out some offers lately to mm-hmm. junior college guys. And it, it, I know it sounds weird, but it just feels like it's been a while since we even talked about junior college stuff because we all everything is about portal this, portal that. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they going to find a safety in the portal? What about a wide receiver? Who are you losing? And we've all been back, you know, focused very highly on the transfer portal, which has kind of taken the place of the junior colleges, but they still exist. And those kids are still trying to get scholarships, and George's been throwing out some offers. So uh, give me a rundown on some of the offers that have gone out to the junior college guys. And, again, uh, R. Hall, 55, how many junior college players do you think Georgia takes? I appreciate R. Hall, man. He's always a vocal supporter of, yeah. of rumors versus facts. He's always asking where the questions are supposed to be and everything on the vault. So I appreciate that. But yeah, I love you the know, interactions. Thank you, R. Hall. And my, some my of these offers, you know, wrong. one of them was um, to a young man named Jerome Simmons. Let me make sure he is the guy I'm thinking of. Yeah, he is, you know, he played at Highland Community College in Kansas. He, I asked him what his height and weight is. He said 6'4", 6'5", and 3'20". So that's another guy who could be a zero tech, maybe two or three, depending on obviously what his his weight would look like once he got to Georgia. Um, they've offered a guy named Brian Taylor, who's more of a five tech. Um, there's another one or two I, I can't think of. That's uh, escaped me at the moment. But like you said, Roddy, it's crazy because in, in the wake of the night car decommitment, I was saying, okay, Georgia could go after this guy, this guy, this guy. And someone on the ball was like, hey, what about junior college? I was like, that's a good point because I don't yeah. – you, know, you just you just don't really think of junior college anymore. Well, dude, we kind of stopped covering them. And I, mean, I, don't, I hate to throw yeah. us under the board. It's just, you know, you didn't see it's – well, A, Georgia didn't offer as many. But, mm-hmm. I mean, we used to go to those prep schools that were popping up all over the place. They were just basically football factories. There were some very sketchy ones. We went to those. But we went to junior colleges. We – drove flew went to them all the time because that's where you went and got the instant impact players but then kirby comes in and says uh i'll take one i'll take a juco kid but that has got to be somebody that you imagine is going to play immediately because you don't have them for four years you don't get to develop them. you got to be able to plug and play that that signee and we'd much rather have a kid if we can get him out of high school and because right. you know the initial counters rule you want him to ha- be able to have him for all four years you can't get a guy come in and uh, sit the bench while he adapts or learns offense or defense so you're right i had not even thought about you know hey is there a safety in the juco thing is there a wide receiver over there you're dead on yeah and and that could be a thing that becomes clear i mean the always offers have gone out in the past i want to say week week and a half so there could be even more coming out as these guys' midseason film. I mean, Jerome Simmons, his midseason film went out, just looking through his Twitter, and boom, all these offers start coming in. So as more and more guys start putting film out, more and more guys could could be getting offers. I don't know. So um, it's interesting to watch, again, like you said, at defensive line. And the thing about defensive line, Kirby mentioned this uh, today, Roddy. You asked him about Lawson Lucky and Pierce Sperling. He said, hey, you man. You asked. Yeah. Well, <laughs> If you're bringing in a JUCO defensive lineman, these guys are 19, 20, 21 years old as opposed to 17 or 18. So, you know, they just by simple math, right, are are more physically developed than a a kid just coming out of high school, especially when you get these early enrollees on campus and they're still, 
you know, they should be getting ready for prom and instead they're, they're going through spring practice. So it's something to watch for sure. There's still three months till signing day. Some of these junior college guys, like I know Jerome Simmons is a, uh, he's not graduating until the summer. So that could be something to keep an eye on, you know, going through the spring too, as, as things start, as things shake out after spring practice. I like, uh, uh, Deron Franklin says you don't have to pay as much for junior college kids as you do the portal. <laughs> they need some experience in the D line room. They absolutely do. Just like uh, Trent was saying, we've made hay out of the fact that Georgia has four seniors on the defensive line, on the defensive front. Well, next year, those guys are gone. And what are you left with? Jordan Hall, Jamal Jarrett, uh, uh, Jefferson, Christian Miller. Christian Miller. It's, uh, I mean, Bear Alexander was going to be the, I don't know centerpiece of that defense, but he's gone. So you, you got some guys coming in this year and uh, somebody else was saying you got to get some offensive linemen in the next two years. Uh, they've got six coming in so far. So mm-hmm. I think George, you're pretty good there. Georgia like played it. six defensive linemen on Saturday at Auburn. Four of them were seniors. Yeah. Okay. Now pull that clip because that, that tells you how important getting this defensive mm-hmm. front is. And that's kind of why we're focused on it. It's like, who are the remaining targets? What is Georgia going for? It's like, we need a safety. We need wide receivers, but, Kirby today, I mean, they in, in answer to one of my other questions, I asked him about his offensive guard play. He's like, you know, it depends on what front they were in, whether they were good, you know, covered or uncovered. I'm like, I know, but what is your assessment? He's like, the assessment was we got to get better on the offensive and defensive lines. I mean, mm-hmm. he's like, he was just very frank, very, I don't say curt, but very, he, he just boiled it down to we're, we're not good. We're not as good. We're not as good as we need to be. And then, uh, you've had offensive and defensive players on both sides of the ball say, I'm not playing up to my standards. I'm not playing up to Georgia standards. I'm. It's on me. It's my fault. So, you know, you can say that people are being negative about the team, but when Kirby says and the players themselves say it on the defensive and offensive fronts, they're just not as good as they were last year or they're not as good as they could be, you know, that, how do you address it? Well, you, tr- you hope to get better against Kentucky. You hope to get, get better against Vandy. You hope to get better each game. But also sometimes you just got to recruit over some of these guys and fill the holes. So. Uh, this is a pretty big deal. And Foster Moss talking about going to GMC. Uh, I've we've torn that road up going down to GMC, going to Milledgeville. Go. I, I was telling a story about uh, Jakar Hamilton. Speaking of safeties, Jakar Hitman Hamilton uh, from back in the day. So going down there, pulling uh, running backs, wide receivers, everybody out of uh, JUCO. So it's all mm-hmm. different. Going going back to the JUCO route, Georgia also offered. Did we mention Jaden Hamlin? Um, at a Southwest Mississippi Community College. They offered him last Monday, I believe, Jed. I think I, you and I exchanged a little text about him. He's 6'5", 315. Yeah, I mean, and, it's, it's, and again, these guys are, you know, it, it's different because, you know, everybody talks about these guys at BYU who, you know, they go on the mission trips and they come back and they're 23, 24 and the grown men and they have families and whatever. And it's funny, but, I mean, it's true. You get these guys who come in and they're just more – developed physically than your you know again kid that should be a senior in high school so it's going to be interesting to watch you definitely especially at a position like the defensive line where you need size and strength it's definitely a uh, you know a, a good route to choose if you're depending on how the high school thing's shaking out and who is the former db within the last couple of years that might have came from gmc or am i thinking of, or am i thinking of somebody else Trent's the old man here. Uh, uh, Jason King was pointing out Jermaine Johnson, you know, GK yeah. the player. I'm like, well, and yeah, he did transfer, but he killed it in Miami too. Yeah. Or was it Florida State? Or Florida State. Florida State. Florida State. Florida State. Yeah. Wyatt was a junior college guy, right? 
He was a placement. Yeah, Georgia kind of assigned him and then uh, get him up there. Uh, well, Jeff Dyer brings up a good point. Stetson was a JUCO kid. But again, he was here yeah. first, then went JUCO, then came back. So to me, it's like, and and to the point about you know those guys being a year older, that was why Kirby and those guys jumped on Dominic Lovett, Ra Ra Thomas out of the portal because they had played against them. You know, those guys had torched you. If you could have gone and get that, you could have got the wide receiver from South Carolina that lit you up for what two hundred yards uh, a couple seasons ago. You're like, yeah, let's go get him. We. We couldn't stop him. I, we know that our guys can't cover him because he's good. And, you know, and Ra Ra's the best one on their team and Dominic's the best one on the Missouri's team. You're like, let's go get those guys. So sometimes when you're not looking at high school tape on a Juco kid, you're looking at him against other Juco players. You at least have a better idea of the level of competition. So uh, that is that impact. And they are a year older. So I get that. Uh, Darren Franklin mentioned uh, uh, Ingram Dawkins will be big next year. He's been mm-hmm. hurt. hurt out of sight, out of mind, and that's, yeah. But we say that about everybody. Everybody's been beat up. Anyway. All right. Um, we're down to – I want to get this question in from What's Up Dog. He says, will we, UGA, get a big surprise commitment on before, or before signing day, and if we do, who is that player? Now, if you guys can answer this question <laughs> with uh, any sort of uh, <laughs> accuracy, I will be – I'll be blown away. So a surprise commitment on or before signing day. And if we do, who's that player? I mean, history tells you yes, right? (laughs) Um, Now, who is it? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's a surprise if if we're already talking about it, but, you know, Nicholas Marsh is committed to Michigan State, a receiver, and, and Adam Gorney came on the board today and said, yeah, Nick told me that Georgia is really stepping it up in his recruitment. And so I reached out to him and he said he's working on getting a game day visit set up to Georgia. And I asked him, I said, hey, what's Georgia's pitch? And he said, Brian McClendon told me they could use more big outside receivers. And I'm like, well, that's fair <laughs> enough. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, right now it might seem a surprise. By the time signing day gets here, it might not seem like a surprise just because he might become more and more on the radar uh, over the next few weeks. But that's a name that obviously hadn't been talked a lot, talked about a lot yet, but yeah, I mean, again, history would tell you someone is going to either come out of nowhere, Georgia's going to get a kid on campus late and flip him. You know, I remember at this time a couple of years ago, it seemed like Marvin Jones wasn't super, didn't seem super likely, right, Trent? And then all of a sudden Georgia closes really strong on him and signs him. So, you know, it, it's there, something's going to happen that we're not expecting, but by the the math of us not expecting it, it's hard to predict who it'll be right now. I mean, I would put money on it being a different player if it is. Like, uh, uh, you know, he, he tends to flip somebody in the secondary every single cycle. Um, you know how they pri- prioritize the, the defense back position. So um, I would look there, um, not having any names in mind. I mean, I know everybody's you – know, Wait for me to say KJ Bolden. But, there it um, is. <laughs> but That's exactly I, I, I would, I would still, I would, I would look at the secondary. And I, I, I don't think it's over for KJ Bolden necessarily. Um, and he visited, didn't he visit Auburn this past weekend? Visited uh, yeah. Georgia a couple weekends ago. So, um, uh, he's st- definitely still looking. Um, but uh, I wouldn't, um, you know, I, I would look at defense back position as one uh, as being a possible flip. 
All right. Um, I, I, I'm just going on historical basis. What did you, you've heard this a couple of times. Georgia never stopped in my recruitment, like with Burrow, even, even when they commit somewhere else. Georgia never gave up on me. Even kids that decommit, like a nine car, you know, who's going to make a lot of money in NIL. Yeah. I don't know that Georgia's going to be able to get back in on that one. But when those every signing class, you have a kid decommit and then recommits. And you ask them, well, why did you recommit? Georgia never stopped recruiting me. Or a kid flips at the last second. Georgia never stopped recruiting me. So, I mean, they're just uh, – well, I mean, they're they're bulldogs. And what do bulldogs do? They latch on and they don't let go no matter what you do to them. So that's how Georgia's going to recruit. They're going to have to keep trying it. And either in this class, you know, or in the portal, they're just not going to stop. And just about every kid we talk to, you know, what was it about Georgia? They were consistent. They're never up or down, you know. And sometimes they turn it on more. You know, you talk about this uh, wide receiver, you know, committed elsewhere. It's like, okay, they ratchet it up, but – it's uh, very seldom that they ratchet down, so especially when they want to get. So, I uh, like this question from Big Fatty ninety four, another great supporter of UGA Sports, who jumps on a lot of our shows. Says, "Have we made any ground with recruits during the season that we weren't big on before the season?" I think uh, Jed, you just answered that one. Yeah, I mean, Makai Boyro was committed when the season started. Now he's not, so um, you, you have to throw him in there. Nicholas Marsh, like I mentioned. Um, Trying to think of, I mean, the thing is, it's hard to say because, and, and I'm assuming this question is is in regards to 2024 guys, and that there's not a lot of 24 guys uh, there necessarily. I would say, I don't know if you call it making up ground. I think Georgia has improved its standing with Aiden Breland since the season started. Just you know, again, um, you know, I think. I'm trying to think, yeah, I mean, again, there's not a lot of 24 guys. Out there, I think if you look at 25, Zayden Walker is a guy who Georgia has really tried to make a move for. Um, you know, in the past few months, he visited for the South Carolina game. Is going to be back for the Kentucky game. Um, looking ahead to the visitor list for this weekend, so that's one for 25. Um, but yeah, again, 24 is Boyro, Nicholas Marsh. We're going to see how that develops, um, and then uh, and then, yeah, you know, some of these other guys, but and Aiden Breland. So. Um, but yeah, it's it, we talked about it a lot. The twenty four class has just got so few spots left that it's it's interesting to you know. There's not a lot of making up ground, at least at least not yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk about three guys and then uh, two JUCO guys, you know, as remaining spots in this class. So it's, it's getting tight. Uh, Lance, Trent, anybody else you can think of that they've is made up uh, ground Cam, with? But Cam Michael is he? I know, I know that was kind of poised of a question. It was with UGA. I think in our group chat, would UGA kind of go after someone posted on the board too? Cam Michael's wide receiver. Um, Jed, didn't you talk to him and say that they're not really recruiting him as a receiver? Yeah, Trent threw that in. Georgia's not really yeah. hadn't gone down that road yet. And if they haven't gone down it yet, it makes you seem that they're not going to, right? If they haven't yet. Yeah. But, but you never know. I mean, Georgia definitely is still maintaining that relationship and everything like that. Statesboro is obviously. Uh, not super far from Athens, so coaches can you know, check on him and everything. But, um, yeah, I mean, I know he took an official to Colorado. He visited Tennessee, I believe, this last weekend. So um, it, it doesn't seem super likely. But, again, when you talk about surprises, that could be one where – It could be one of those kids, yeah, that you just yeah, don't Georgia think. keeps – you know, they, they keep plugging along, and at the very mm-hmm. end they, they come on strong and get him on campus. So that, that could be a good call for the uh, – you know, the late surprise too. 
I, I, I think Georgia's just going after uh, a certain receiver, and I think Nikar was, you know, of course he's just an elite talent um, at six at set at six foot. But I think, as you talked about uh, earlier, they're, trying, they're going after bigger receivers, and I think they have a ton of six foot receivers at the University of Georgia right now. Yeah. And I think they're trying to get bigger instead of, you know, maintaining that same. If it's they. They take an elite talent at six foot. There's no doubt about it. But uh, right well, now, that, that was kind of odd. There, sorry. Uh, I, I, I've got I've got a kit. I've got a kitten right here beside me that are, I, I adopted. You got like Nicholas Marsh, who we were talking about, is listed at six foot three. Yeah. So that's kind of the big outside guy that uh, that you were kind of referencing. There. Yeah, I can see Cam. The reason they want him on defense, right? Uh, he's just not the biggest guy. No. And usually, if your profile says six foot, you're probably not. Yeah, yeah. Five, I mean, five, I, five, I, five, here's the thing: I stood next to him, and I'm five ten, and put on shoes and five ten and a half, and I, I looked up at him a little bit. But again, this is not a—he didn't have them. I was interviewing Eric Stokes again, just like that, you know, just slight, you know, super fast. He was at a track meet, kick and fly. Uh, people comment in the section: he's got speed to burn, absolutely. But that's what Kirby loves to have. You saw uh, Julian Humphrey against Auburn break up a play. I don't know if he's out of mm-hmm. position or where he came, but he just came flying up with that closing speed. And I'm like, man, you can see why it's him and Dalen ever going back and forth over there, that corner position because they're just so damn fast. So. I just love that you showed the physicality. Cause that's the one thing that they've been talking about him lacking on the, uh, at cornerback. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he came up, made a hit. Yes, he did. And that's what Dalen ever has been known for is that, you know, a smart play and hitting had the play of the game there. All right, from uh, DeFranklin31 says, what are UGA's chances to land McCray? Uh, let's hit that one first. Uh, we kind of – you guys have kind of answered it, but just give me a quick uh, uh, thought there on his cha- uh, Georgia's chances to land McCray. I like yeah. I, I like my stance now – or I'm going to change my stance now as I like them landing him better than a few weeks ago. Okay. I would say – I know that Trent posted on the board. I'll let him say it. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was at Auburn this past weekend. I still think Auburn has some room to make up. Uh, I think Georgia, Florida State, Florida are the three teams that are there, but I don't think there's any uh, a necessary necessarily leader at this point. Um, I, I think uh, I think he has a visit scheduled for Florida State coming up. I I would watch that visit as a, a possibility um, for for maybe trending in Florida State's direction, but I, I don't think Florida is ahead of Georgia at this point. I think Georgia is right there with them. Yeah, I mean, we had – or John Garcia had an update on him a couple weeks ago and seemed – he seemed genuinely conflicted, right, on where he right. wanted to go. And, and a lot of kids will say, oh, no one's out in front. And it seemed like – and talking with John after he uh, published that story, it seems like LJ genuinely has no idea – where he wants to go. So uh, it's, it's open, right? It's another one that is going to come down to the wire. We think he's committing this month is kind of how it's been. You know, that's kind of the thought, obviously we, we don't know that for sure. And it'll go till signing day either way. Right. So, um, but yeah, Georgia's right, right in the thick of it. But like you said, Trent, no one team is really is, is separating itself from the others now. And really there's never been one clear leader at, at any point in this thing, it seemed like. Very fair. Uh, DeFranklin31 has another question. He says, what have you heard about why Darius Smith isn't getting more look at outside linebacker? There's no explosion of blocks by the guys we have there. He has the length and the explosion. 
Uh, again, this is kind of getting into, you know, team questions. There are a lot of questions uh, about the team and stuff. And we can talk, we can answer some of those if you guys want to. Phil Rogers has a bunch of them in the comment section that we could pop, pop up on the screen there if we want at, at the end of this. But I do want to, I was to go over the Darius Smith thing because he was a big commit. He's got a lot of potential. And, you know, there are questions about Georgia's, Georgia setting the edge. And when uh, uh, you bring it, face a team with that zone read. I love what uh, Kentucky does, you know, when they run their uh, zone, it's tough. Uh, the RPOs, you got, you got to be able to shed blocks. And if Georgia wants to win this game, you got to be able to shed the block and, you know, get to Ray Davis. And if you don't, he's just going to keep running. So uh, what have you heard about uh, Darius Smith getting out, any kind of rotation at the outside linebacker spot, but especially Darius Smith. Give me your thoughts. I mean, I'm a big Darius Smith guy. I Trent can tell you, I've been a Darius Smith guy on the show for a long time. So, um, I mean, I know he's in, on that third down package when they bring a lot of speed and length. Jaguar package. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, it's certainly, again, it's, it's not about, you know, he can be a great pass rusher, but if, if, if he can't stop the run and set the edge and get off blocks, then then you're not going to play. Kirby prioritizes stopping the run over pretty much anything. Uh, And probably, especially more so after giving up 200 and, you know, 20 yards or whatever to Auburn. So um He's he's like you said, Roddy. He's a guy. He's got a lot of potential. I believe he. I, I think he redshirted last year, so he he's got that 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 year reset on his on his eligibility clock there. So there's still time for him to grow and develop. And I think he could be a guy that is primed for a huge breakout n- next year at some point. You know, I I can already see him. The reports coming out. The Roddy, what we are hearing post in the middle of April, saying, "Yeah, man, Derek Smith having a great spring." looking great so uh we'll see but he's again he's got a ton of potential and and just he looks the part for sure i think that's the problem with all the young guys right now is is like you said kirby proud prioritizes the stop and the run and the most physical outside linebacker they have is chaz uh you know he's not always in the right spot he he he, um uh what who knows what's being called at what point, you know, he crashed a lot this weekend and, and Kirby said, you know, those, he was supposed to crash on some of those. So, uh, but I think from a physicality standpoint, um, Chaz is the the most physical one they got to, to, to guard against that run. And that's the reason why you see him more in there. And then the other ones like Damon Wilson and those guys right now, um, just from a run stopping standpoint. Well, that's why to me, you bring him in on third down because there's, it's uh there's no question. You know what are you what, what are you doing? You're uh you're in there to pass rush. You know you're city ball, you're, ball, just go. You know it's mm-hmm. not uh, read react. You know stack shed. You know stack peak shed. You know all the stuff you have to do on that outside linebacker spot. It, it's I'm not saying that you bring them in for a less complicated defense because if you see the stuff they do on third down, it's nuts. I mean Kirby went on a whole uh, diatribe about how hard it is to get a yard on. You know, he says, I watch every third and one and fourth and one in the SEC each week. And he goes, there's so many of them that fail. It's tough. It's, you know, for the offense to actually get that first and second down or uh, first down in third and one and fourth and one, mainly because the defenses are so complicated. They're attacking third and one and fourth and one completely differently than they have. So I'm not saying you bring him in on third down because it's it's the easiest down. It's just. It, lots of times when they bring in that Jaguar package on when you got him behind the chains because the likelihood that it's a pass is well over 50%. So you bring in your three guys. You bring in the Jalen Walker. You know, you bring in uh, 
Jordan Hall. Last year, the, you know, they had the uh, three true freshmen on the line. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you guys go and attack them. So, uh, I, I, but I, with you, I'm like, until you can shed blocks on the perimeter and keep that set the edge, you're not going to get out there. And I don't know. I don't know that he's doing that yet. Uh, I mean, it's the same went for Adam Anderson, the same went for Channing Tindall when they were playing him uh, as a sophomore um, and finding packages for him. I think it's gone. If you can go back, they've done it for a lot of kids that Lorenzo that, Carter, Davin Bellamy. That, <laughs> Some of those guys, it took them a while to get out there. Yeah. They're athletic enough and they're good enough to be on the field, but to have a role in the defense, but they're not good enough to be a three down player at this point. Um, they're not physical enough. They don't get off blocks. Now you so. can be the three down player, but not <laughs> play a three down. You can be the third down guy. I'm yeah. with you. All right. Uh, last question from uh, DeFranklin31. Is twenty five to $30,000 monthly a viable NIL payment to five-star athletes in 2023, 2024? What have you heard about premium top athletes at receiver, defensive back, quarterback fetching these days? The Depends on what you mean by viable. viable. Uh, <laughs> no, that, that, that's the best yeah. answer right there. <laughs> yeah. If I'm a recruit, like, yeah, it's viable. That's viable yeah. as hell, baby. Yeah. 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 250000 a year um, or, or more. But no, I mean, you hear a lot of stuff. I mean, we were talking before we got on the air about, about some things we've heard with, with, with NIL numbers and stuff. And it's just, again, it's, I think, and this is something we, we talked about before. It's, it's where does the return on investment come from, right? If you're paying this much money for a, you know, uh, a defensive end say like you are going to want 10 sacks, 12 sacks, 15 tackles for loss, whatever. Like at some point the return on investment is, is, is where this thing gets weird. And some people just don't care. Like the, the, the Ruiz guy in Miami, it seems like is like, you know what? I'm just, I've got enough money to just throw it out there, return on investment or not. And and if you've got that, then great. Um, But at a certain point, and again, that's what you mean by viable. Like if you're getting if you're getting that much money worth back to to make your investment worth it, then you know, I, I don't know. I guess it's it's all in the uh all in the eye of the beholder, I guess. Well, I put it this way, if it's a Brock Bowers, is it is he worth it? Yes. Yeah. Do you know if a high school kid's worth it though until he's actually done it? Exactly. Right. Was Brock Bauer? Did they know Brock Bowers was going to be worth it? Oh, they didn't no clue. Yeah. Knows. Um, you don't know about any of these kids. I mean, uh, the, 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 one of the highest numbers everybody was talking about was like what Arch Manning was going to get. Is, is How much has he played this year? Not much. Not much. He didn't even travel, I don't think, did he? No yeah, I'm not know. crapping on him. I mean, I love the kid. He was, he was always very kind to us and uh, was a great interview. Uh, but I'm just saying that was – that was one of the most high-profile names that everybody, whether you were a, uh, a recruiting fanatic or not, you knew that name because, you know, the, the Manning. So if you ask anybody, name a recruit over the last three years, that's the first one that pops to the top of their head. But, you know, I'm like, would you spend twenty five grand to get Mason Smith? I would. And if I had it, uh, would you spend uh, that much money on a Jordan Hall? I, I think it would be worth it. But and- the question is, if it's viable, you know, are you getting re- – if, if it's return on investment, I mean – some people buy $60 million airplanes to them. It's worth it. Yeah. And, and, you know, Darren Franklin over here says, I was asking, I guess I was asking if it's realistic in the way it's being done. And and I don't, I just don't think it is. Like, I don't think it'll go on like this forever. And whether that's people figure out the return on investment's not worth it, whether it's 
some sort of of legislation guardrails whatever like i just i don't think it's going to go on like this forever it's just what form does it take when it when it changes what does it look like and that's kind of the the uh the big question that nobody knows well i'll answer it this way uh franklin i appreciate you putting putting it in there uh is it realistic in the way it's being done now? It is, it is being done. It is realistic. Is it uh, sustainable? Is Jeff Dyer asked? I'm like, no idea. But yes, th- that is the number. I've heard that number. I know that 25,000 for a fact to one uh, top player that Georgia was going after. And Georgia heard that. And they're like, well, the hell with that. I mean, <laughs> we're not going to pay that. And uh, maybe if somebody, you know, if Delta stood up and said, hey, uh, you know, we're Delta, we're you know, stationed in Atlanta. Uh, we think that uh, L.J. McRae is absolutely worth it. We want him to be, you know, uh, out the, you know, promoting trips to Fiji. You know, on Delta Airlines, we're going to pay him twenty five grand. And I mean, Kirby would be thrilled. It's like, okay, that's for you. But uh, you know, don't ruin the uh, chemistry in my locker room mm-hmm. because what I would really prefer you do is give that uh, twenty five thousand dollars to maybe Carson Beck and keep him another year. Uh, keep that uh, uh, Amarius Mims so he stays another year. In other words, somebody who is, uh, you know, Tyke Smith, who, anybody that could come back for another year. Javon Bullard. Would like his money to go. Mm-hmm. Who's that? Javon Bullard. Yeah, Javon Bullard. Yeah, you guys line up. Hey, uh, uh, Home Depot, Delta, Zaxby's, whoever, you know, Chick fil A, Coca Cola. Coca-Cola, yeah, come on with the Coke money. We gotta get more money than you know what to do with. Let's, uh, you know, uh, pay for Javon Bullard to play. So, uh, would they do that for a high school kid? But, but the uh, here's the thing: Kirby's also sitting on a couple of national titles. You know, so it's like I've proven we can get there. If you're in Oklahoma, you're in Ohio State, you're in somebody, you know, you're in Tennessee, uh, Miami, uh, FSU, and you haven't won anything in a while, you're you want to get back to it? I mean, what would, what would the folks at Clemson pay right now for a kid? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not picking on any of those fan bases. I'm just saying that uh, when you haven't had it recently, your desire to see it, you know, just like uh, when Kirby came in, I mean, people opened up the checkbooks. I think what Georgia raised hundreds of a million dollars last year. You've never come even close to that. So people will do it. Uh, I, yeah. Let's see Greg Goose talking about, um, uh, Cray and Nawari and IL deals. Yeah. Uh, trust me. Uh, Williams Nawari has a hell of an NIL deal. So he's, he's doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be pretty good. I, uh, guys, uh, speaking of, uh, you know, this past week and looking ahead to Kentucky, uh, Georgia was on the road. Some of the targets that Georgia, you know, would like to see, watch Georgia come back there, but they also watch Georgia struggle a bit. And I know Kirby's going to use that. Like, hey, we're still winning, but we could have used you out there uh, Saturday. We need a guy like you. It's going to be the same pitch with Kentucky coming to town. Tell me about some of the guys who are going to be coming to town this Saturday. What kind of recruiting weekend will it be with a 7 o'clock kickoff? Yeah, I mean, it should be a, a big weekend. It's a top 25 game. Like you said, Rowdy, it's a night game. Should be a, a great atmosphere. Early visitor list. We've got, uh, like I mentioned earlier, Zayden Walker, uh, Ellis Robinson, five-star corner. Commit will be in town, and he's one where people have worried, hey, could Miami try to poach him? And, and he's told me Miami is really the the one school really trying hardest for him. So it's, it's good for George to get him back on campus. Elijah Melendez. 
25 linebacker. I know you've talked to him, Lance, uh, a guy on that linebacker board. He's they're real. George is real high on him from what I've been told. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Osceola. Yeah. Florida, Amari Williams, 2025 edge guy will be in town. Malik Autry, 2025 defensive lineman uh, committed to Auburn, but is, is very high on uh is very high on Georgia. You know, Georgia's got a real shot. I think he was actually at Auburn for the Georgia game this weekend. So that'll be two Georgia games in a row for him. So obviously more guys will be coming in uh, throughout the week, but that's kind of an early look ahead. But again, especially with a night kickoff, you know, guys have, even if they have games Friday night, guys have time to get to Athens, get fly into Atlanta, drive over, whatever. Um, so there, there, there will be a, a lot of guys in town again for a great atmosphere, great game, top 25 game. And, and, you know, another thing, too, this is the last home game for, uh, you know, almost a month. You've got Vanderbilt off week and then Florida. Um, so this is the last chance to get guys on campus for a while. So should be a, a um, you know, should be a huge weekend. Wow, sounds like a lot of fun. All right. Uh, anything else you guys need to talk about recruiting wise? I don't think so. Just again, it's, it's we're, we're still kind of in the process of, of these boards are continuing to develop at, at defensive back. Uh, not running back receiver um, and, and not really de- developing a defensive line with some of these Juco guys. So it's just, it's going to be interesting to follow day by day, week by week, what offers go out, what guys show up on campus and um, you know, continue to see, uh, you know, who, who starts to emerge as these top targets here. It'll also be very interesting to see where the coaches go this weekend with a seven yeah. o'clock kick. That gives them plenty of time to get out to take a flight, you know, go, uh, Far afield because you're not you don't have that twelve o'clock kickoff. You don't have to be back yeah. until tomorrow or Saturday you know, morning. So those guys can uh, head out uh, quite the distance. So. Mm-hmm. Hi, folks. Uh, we, we we really appreciate you t- tuning into Rumors versus Facts. If I can actually speak again, uh, we will be back next Monday at eight thirty with a recap of Georgia's big. Uh, Kentucky weekend and who was here and who was not and who made a surprise visit and who maybe should have been here that wasn't and any sort of updates we have from the big Kentucky weekend, but also stay tuned to UGA sports. Uh, be sure to check, uh, check out the website in the morning. We have some recruiting stories coming for you, some updates that you're going to want to read from some of uh, Georgia's top targets there. And uh, I will hopefully have another highlight video from one of Georgia's top targets here. And then uh, Trent will have the, Following the Future series, which is where basically he goes around, you know, covers all the Georgia commits and a lot of the Georgia targets and how they fared. So if you want to know how your quarterback commits, running back commits, defensive guys are doing, you know, how many interceptions and touchdowns they're getting, uh, check out Following the Future from Trent uh, here very shortly and be sure to get Chet and Lance's uh, recruiting updates at UJSports.com. We'll see you next week.